0: Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas with a simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Well, once again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Over the last uh, several weeks, we have been walking through an Advent series called Embodied Advent, where we've explored the power uh, of the truth that Jesus came to us incarnate, that he Was embodied like me and you, and that is super instructive for how we honor and treat our bodies and other people's dignity of their bodies, as well as just finding ways for us to connect with God through our own embodiment. And this Christmas Eve, we remember in particular, Mary's experience, her embodied experience. Uh, Think of the the mixture of emotions swirling around this teenage girl on this night, the mixture of excitement and concern and nervousness that must have swirled around inside of Mary because everything was about to change for her. This makes me think of 12 years ago tonight. 12 years ago, uh, we were waiting for the day that our firstborn was, was, uh, firstborn was gonna come to us. Her, her due date was around Christmas Eve and so we were stuck here in Austin while everyone else fled. And uh, guys, we were so prepared. We had practiced swaddling a doll, like we had, you know, the five S's or six S's. We had them all down. We had our hospital bag was ready weeks ahead of time. Like we were ready. It's a little bit different with kid number three. I don't think we had a hospital bag. I literally think on the way to the hospital we ran an errand. Uh, even in the delivery room, I we were very we were much more lax. Unfo- unfortunate for Jen in the delivery room, I discovered that Facebook, you can apply filters for live videos, like in real time and record videos. Do you guys want proof? You wanna see the video? Here we go, right there. Yeah, there you go. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, so Merry Christmas, Jen. Uh, This is one of those videos I did not ask permission for. Thank you very much. I mean, can you imagine being married to me and just feel like any part of your life could be content for a sermon? (laughs) Jen, this is Christmas Eve. They deserve the best. So, but it it was a very different experience there. And you guys passed the test, by the way. If anyone ever asked, you wanna see a video of my, my wife's delivery, the answer is no, right? No one had more of an embodied experience during this Advent season than Mary. Jesus' incarnation would require the embodied sacrifice of Mary. And she lived with this complete humility. Her teenage body was changing and expanding to carry this new life, and it wasn't just any life, it was Christ, the Son of God, Savior of the world. And from this experience, her body would never be the same. This season of Advent transformed her, it changed her, it shaped her. And I've been thinking about Mary's embodied experience as something instructive for you and I. Because the only way that Mary would experience this transforming power, the only way that she was swept into the story of God, was that she lived with this type of maternal embodied vulnerability. Vulnerability has been the word that has marked my reflection upon Mary in this season. On a day like any other, an angel interrupted Mary's life and said the words that uh, we know, that greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. This would be a wonderful, comforting word for any of us. I'm sure many of us would love to hear this, that you are highly favored, that God sees you, God knows you, God chooses you, you are favored in God's eyes. And also, the Lord is with you. You're not alone. You're not going through this, this world alone, that God is with you. But what we see with Mary's life is that these words aren't only words of comfort, but they also introduced this great challenge to Mary, that these words are not about words of comfort and control. Instead, that God's presence was leading her into this liminal space, this place of transformation, because it was a place of vulnerability. It would be vulnerable for any pregnancy to happen. It's vulnerable to have the possibility of losing your fiancé, the vulnerability that comes with being a social disgrace. Vulnerability from delivering a child without sanitary hospitals or family nearby. Mary was being introduced into a place of great vulnerability. But Mary responds to these words of impossibility by asking this. How can it be? How will it be? It's not a Notice it's not a word of defiance or rejection or denial. Instead, Mary's just trying to comprehend, like, how am I going to get from this life to this other life that you're promising. And maybe inside of you, there's longings that you're holding, that there's this desires that you have, and you just don't understand how you're gonna get from here to there. I want you to notice the angel's response to this. The angel promises a couple things, and this is what the angel promises, that the Holy Spirit will come on you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, For no word from God will ever fail. God's solution in that gap between what was known and what was unknown, that gap between uh, what life was to what life will be, the promise was God's presence, God's nearness. And this idea of being overshadowed, it's lost on us, but for those of the Hebrew nation, this idea of being overshadowed is a specific thing Uh, When God's sacred presence would fall on the Mount Sinai or in the temple, it was like this unique phrase for understanding that God's profound presence. And here, this teenage girl wrapped in social disgrace and uncertainty, this is now where the Holy Spirit would reside, giving dignity and honor to her body, to her experience, and giving her a sense of comfort that she's not going into this thing alone, that this vulnerable vulnerable journey that she will be on will be overshadowed and covered and cloaked in God's presence. Now, if we're honest, if you know Mary's story, her experience of vulnerability is not over with when Jesus is born. It's not over with on Christmas Day. In many ways, it just begins because parenthood, and I hear motherhood in particular, always carries around a certain vulnerability, As I've heard recently, someone say that having a child is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. That your heart now is inside this other person, doing whatever they are choosing to do in this world, having whatever experiences that they're having in this world. I remember when I was 23 years old, I was living in Europe, and I was able to complete one of my lifelong dreams. It wasn't anything sacred or powerful, it was the stupid act of running with the bulls. I had lo- I, I always dreamed of it. And I did this when I was 23 years old. Do you know what happens when a male is 25 years old? Their frontal lobe is fully developed and they understand consequences, right? <laughs> but I was 23. And so I decided for me uh, that this was something I was going to do. And I intentionally did not tell my mother until after I had finished it. I went back to Germany while I was living at that time, came back from Spain. And the next phone call I did, I told my mom, because I didn't want her to have any sleepless nights. You know, I didn't want her to worry too much. Because at that point I thought, hey, it doesn't matter. I'm on the phone now, right? And when I told my mother, she still cried. Like, even though she knew I made it. Like I, I, she still cried. Why? Because If a mother's heart is walking around in this world, this heart had just hopped a train in Paris without a ticket, spent the night drinking sangria with strangers, and decided to run with the bulls at 8 in the morning, thinking that they were indestructible. I remember when I told my mom about it, all she said in response was, my baby, as she was crying. My baby! Again and again, Mary probably had a similar experience. Was she felt that vulnerability, my baby. When King Herod heard about this savior being born and released a genocide, trying to find every male boy to kill. When Simeon prophesied over Mary that a sword will one day pierce her own soul. When Jesus went missing as a young child, when Jesus would be the object of scorn and hatred, despised and misunderstood by many my baby. And ultimately, when Jesus was arrested and killed on a cross, Mary's life would be one of great vulnerability. But she would never be alone. She had this promise that she would never be alone, that the Spirit would be with her and God's word will never fail. The Lord was with her. And the love of God continued to overshadow her, and she was swept into this great story of how God could change the world through vulnerable, weak people like me and you, who placed ourselves and surrender ourselves to the power of God's promises. Do you think this teenage girl could imagine the world where two thousand years later, in a place like Austin, Texas? that we would be thinking and considering her example, her embodied example of what it means to trust God. She had no clue. All she knew was who she was. All she knew was the words that she said to the angel, I am the Lord's servant, may your word be to me fulfilled. A life with God and a life of transformation begins when we're willing to be vulnerable to be vulnerable, to allow Christ's presence to shape us and to form us, to participate in the incarnation. Jesus becoming flesh will always require of us. Just like Mary, it will require that we release our sense of control, our fear, our self-limitations, and open ourselves to the power of Jesus' incarnation that can be formed inside of each of us as we carry Christ so that we too can change And expand and transform as we see God do his work in this world. That sounds challenging. Embracing sacrifice and living a life of vulnerability goes against our nature. But friends, there's a secret. There's a secret. Entrance into that kind of living can only happen. That kind of vulnerability can only happen when we've experienced this profound transformation It's in Jesus' words that he said to a man full of religion and certainty, this man named Nicodemus, he said, no one can exceed the the kingdom of God unless they are born again. To experience the kingdom of God in all of its beauty and its goodness and truth, we too have to be born again. When we think about the idea of being born again, that kind of means like a group of people or a voting block or something like that, born-again Christians. It's even focused on what I have done. Have you said that prayer to be born again? Have you figured out how to live well, that morality? Have you figured out your theology? Are you a born-again Christian? Nicodemus would have checked all those boxes. No one was more certain or sure or had everything lined up more than him. But Jesus says there's still something you need. There's still something that has to happen. And it's you have to be born again. When someone is born, the focus is not on the child, it's on what the mother is able to do, bringing this child to life, that maternal care, that love, the sacrifice. And, friends, that is what God longs to do for you. We have many masculine pictures of God God is a warrior, God is father, God is a defender. I want you to tell you, tell you tonight that God is also full of maternal love for you. The Bible says that God is much like a mother hen. God is like a midwife. God is a comforter, a protector. God nurtures us. If indeed that we are to be born again to, who is gonna carry us and deliver us into the new kingdom, this new reality? Well, it's God. Our ability to see the kingdom, to experience new life, begins in God's work. New life begins for you because God promises to nurture you, to support you, to defend you, and to bring you into life again. And if maternal love means that your heart's out there walking around this world, making their own choices, I want to say that God's heart is now outside God's self too. That God's heart is in you. God's heart has always been in you, especially when you feel vulnerable and weak and alone, and tired, and uncertain, if you can take another step, that that maternal love overshadows you. God will shelter you, sustain you, and promise to bring you into life again. This Christmas Eve, I wanna remind you, I wanna use this opportunity, this privilege, to speak to you, just to remind you that you are a child of God that God created you and formed you and then spiritually has born you over again, you have been doubly claimed and loved by God. And as we remember Jesus' birth on this night, we can remember the great links that God has gone to to make sure that when you have been born again, when you have been made new, that it is out of the extravagance of God's love. How can I say this with confidence? Because it's Christmas Eve Jesus has shown us, our embodied Savior has shown us that he's on his way and he's coming after you, each of you. We hope you found this message encouraging. If you would like to learn more about the Vine, get connected to our community, or contribute financially to the Vine's ministry, go to our website at thevineaustin.org.